0: The joy of knowing, the joy of knowing you, oh, the joy of knowing, the joy of knowing you, oh, the joy of knowing, the joy of knowing you. Welcome to Positively Joy. Are you living life but feel like something's missing? You've come to the right place. I'm Yvette Walker, your host for this podcast on finding the true meaning of God's joy Joy is not a feeling, it's faith. And my guests and I will talk about how to avoid falling down the rabbit hole of chasing physical or emotional joy. In this season, we'll tackle spiritual growth as we discover the true joy of the Lord. Whispering in His Ear, the devotional, explores talking and listening to God's message for us. Now, read God's voice and how to listen. A new companion study guide to the original devotional that provides discussion questions and more insight to the scripture that reveals how God talks to us. Get the series on Amazon. If you have lived a life, you probably have lost someone. Carol Slewski lost her daughter, Paula, to an unimaginable and extraordinarily short illness and 30 years later, she wrote a book. Today, Carol shares how she got through Paula's unexpected death and the lessons learned in her book, 30. Here's Carol. Hi, Carol. Thanks so much for appearing on the Positively Joy podcast today.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I'm so Grateful that you did accept me as your guest. Mm. And I'm I'm new, I'm a newbie at uh, being a guest on podcasts. So I hope I do a good job for you.
0: Oh, I'm sure you're gonna do just fine. Uh you have a story to tell that really every mother, every woman um would not want to have that story to tell. But that story has resulted in obviously you're getting through your life and a book called 30 that we're going to talk about today um so carol why don't we get started and tell us a little bit about yourself and and tell us about that experience um and and what it what it meant to you your family and really your life okay.
1: <clears throat> well <clears throat> excuse me i'll start with um I I have two daughters. I have, of course, a a daughter that's here on earth and she's a mother of two daughters and she's going to be a grandmother very soon. And I'm, so that makes me, I'm going to be a great grandmother. So, and then my other daughter, her name is Paula. That's, that's why I'm here because Paula passed away 30 years ago. It will be 31 years actually this year when I started writing the book. Uh, it took me 16 months to write it. Uh, I was going into the 30th year, and I said I want to finish this book on the 30th before December 31st. And I did. The, my publisher got it on Amazon uh, the third week in December. It, mm-hmm. You know, broke loose. It went live, and if the book itself, I found to be so healing for me to write. It opened up the door again of my memory, things that I had forgotten about Paula. And as I wrote, I would I would always say, geez, you know, why can't I remember what happened on that incident? Then I would pray on it. And the next day I would come back upstairs to my desk and I would read what I wrote and I would say, Oh, huh, how did I write that? You know, you, if you written a book, that got, got, Yes. You, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. It's like, where did that come from? I even have some poetry that I wrote that I said, I never did poetry before. I cried writing the book. I, I don't know how many tears I cried. And it did. It, I almost thought maybe this is dangerous for me writing this book because I don't want to go back into depression. I suffered from depression after she died. I was on antidepressants for a good number of years. You know, a lot of things happened to me when I lost my daughter. Paula died, I'm going to say 30 years ago, going to 31. She was 24 years old. I'll give it to you real quickly here how she died. It was a natural cause. It's called a pulmonary embolism. It's a blood clot in her lungs that went to her heart Mm. and suffocated her. She was in the emergency room that night. She started getting sick. I didn't know about it. And I guess her back was hurting her. She was living with her fiance. They were getting married several months down the road. And they went to the emergency room. All her Sweetheart told me is that he saw her limping into the emergency room. They wouldn't let him go in because he wasn't her husband. So no one called me either. I didn't know about it until that following morning because she was in there like at two o'clock in the morning. So at seven o'clock they got a hold of me and they told me the doctor called and said that your daughter is in the uh, ICU, the intensive care unit. She had surgery on her lungs, she has pulmonary embolism, and she's on life support. Can you get here as soon as you can? Wow. So that started my nightmare. And that was the you know, a nightmare. It was it was like a living, like living in a dream that you know you heard everything, but it's like it was so overwhelming that. I, I never want that feeling again. I just never want it again. And no, you never, all the moms in the world, they do not want to think of anything like this. You know, who wants who wants to really read my book? It's about a death of a young girl, a young woman, my daughter. The reason I wrote it is for you for your viewers, for anyone who lost a child, because if I can help you, I feel that God gave me something to live for. Mm. Maybe this is part of the reason I'm here, because I lived for 30 years without her in my life. I survived many illnesses. I had operation after operation. I, You want me to go through some of it?
0: Do you think that the depression and the illnesses that you faced had anything to do with, I don't know, just your your body breaking down because of the sadness and the grief?
1: The grief is what caused it. You know, the very first operation I had was two months after she died. Um, I was born with <clears throat> a, uh, an arthritic knee. Mm-hmm. And um, I never had really trouble. I had trouble as a baby, but as I grew older... You know, my my bone got stronger in that, my knee got stronger, so I was able to function. And I was even a cheerleader in high school. But when she died, I got so internally ill. I didn't know it. This is the whole thing. You don't know that you're 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 churning inside. You don't know you're getting sick. Mm. That my knee started flaring up. It got it started literally blowing up, it was starting to fill with water. And I went to a specialist that I wound up going to um, uh, an orthopedic surgeon specializing in the knees. And he said, you need to have this. You, we got to give you a knee replacement. So there I was. Paula died March 19th, April, May, June. That would be March 19th. One, two, three, say, say three months later. I have my first operation, which is on my knee. Mm-hmm. Well, from that, I believe changed my body, you know, standing, walking, and then I wound up having problems in my back, degenerative disc disease. It mm-hmm. was like one thing after another happened And over the course of years, maybe the 20, the next 20 years, I had four back operations I have in me. Two metal bars and twelve screws in my back. I'm fused. Wow. Thirty years later, this past year, I wound up having neck surgery. The degenerative disc disease got into it was into my neck, mm-hmm. so I had four vertebrae um, not replaced, but parts put in replacement parts in my neck. I have cardiomyopathy. I got it, heart disease. Where did all that come from? I was healthy when my daughter died. I'm perfectly
0: healthy. You use the word churning that your body was churning with grief after she died. Mm-hmm. Um and I you know I am not a medical expert so I don't know exactly but we do know we do know there's been studies that show that stress and grief have an effect on the body. So oh, it absolutely. sounds sounds like you believe that it's directly tied to her death.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because mm-hmm. the grief was so deep. The grief was so it, it it wasn't like anything I ever experienced in my whole life. Yeah. And it was just so, so deep. Like I lost my father and I felt bad. Of course I did. Mm-hmm. I grieved, but nothing like this. This is this was uh over and beyond even explaining. You know, I I met uh A lot of my other daughter's girlfriends through the course of the years, and one of her friends, she lost her son. This is an example that I'll use, and I went to the to the wake, and her son was um, in his early twenties, He was in college, and he um, had an accident and 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 was had died. And uh, I walked into the wake, and I saw her. She saw me. Our eyes met. And here's this long line of people waiting to get in. And she just went like this. She wanted me to come to her. I got, walked up to her. She grabbed me and told me. And she said, oh, Carol. She said, help me. Mm. Help me. Mm-hmm.
0: And she knew that, she knew what you had gone through. Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: So, I mean. I kept in close contact with her and and would text her and uh, I gave her what I could give her as far as advice. And it was really all about God, you know, how to reach out and how to pray. You know, everyone thinks you got to pray the hail Mary, the, our father. I wound up just talking to God. Mm. A lot of times I talk to God and that helped me just talking. Talking to him, and then I had an experience at her funeral. Um, I I was like devastated when I got there, and I prayed to get through this. I said, "Just carry me." I thought of that poem, but you know, Jesus carrying you on the walking through the sand, and I I said, "Please, please carry me, get me through just today." Well. I had this beautiful, beautiful feeling come through me, and it was like I, I think it was the Holy Spirit that came into me, and that's why they they say Holy Spirit, Spirit, because this is what this is your feelings, your intuition. That's what I believe anyway. It's my belief, and it was such a beautiful feeling. I felt that she was in heaven. Mm-hmm. I just felt and it was like mom, mom don't cry, be happy for me, I'm in a beautiful place, and that's what went through me, and for the moment, I just felt like, just crying happy tears, it was just, it was beautiful, something I'll never forget, I never had that feeling ever, not like that ever again, Mm. but um, it was a beautiful feeling, and I now, looking back over the course of all these years, you know, 30 years is a long time. Yes. A long time. It's a long time. For, like for Paula, it was less than her lifetime. Um, I, I think Paula's purpose in this world, part of it, was to make me a better person. Because that's exactly what happened. I, I think differently. It happens Slowly it happened over days weeks months years that i started to want to give more of myself that's why i wrote this book if i could help some mother save her life because the life expectancy is like 10 years for a lot of women a lot of moms because they their heart is so broken mm. a lot of divorces have you heard of that too a lot of yes. divorces are happening this too why I believe, and I came up with this decision that, see, because I was married the second time. So when Paula died, I was getting married. Two weeks after Paula died, I got married.
0: Hold on for a minute.
1: What? Oh my yes. goodness. Yes. It was just like the sweet and, the, you know, what is that? Uh, I got that in the book. So, um, you know, the good and the bad. <laughs> yeah.
0: Bittersweet. Bittersweet. Bittersweet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I write about bittersweet.
0: Yeah. Wow. Wow. And your fiance obviously went through this with you.
1: Yes. 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 Wow. And why, why, why was he in my life?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Because Mm -hmm. God put him there.
0: Absolutely.
1: Helped me. Without his name is Danny. He's a big, big big part in this book. (laughs) Everybody wants a Danny now. All all my friends go, we want a daddy. I go, wait, you know, we do. He's not he sounds really perfect, but you know, we've had a little ins and outs too. So (laughs) but he's such a good guy. I mean, I'd say to him, Daddy, I don't want to burden you again, but help me.
0: Yeah.
1: Am I gonna get better? That was my word. Am I gonna get better? Yes. So you
0: so you suffered through depression during yeah, oh, yeah. I yeah, I don't know if it was all all 30 years, but a, a significant part of it.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm, I I'm was up and down through the 30 years, on and off, antidepressants, like, you know, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd want to see if I could get off of them. And, but I wound up having MS. I wound up having fibromyalgia. So I'm on Lyrica yeah. for the fibromyalgia. So all that's intertwined. All that is from nerves. It's from anxiety. It's from mm-hmm. depression. It's from lack of sleep. Um, you're not half the time you were, especially in the beginning, you're not eating right. I mean, who wants to eat?
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I mean, who wants to laugh? Who wants to have fun? Although I got to be honest, a lot of people thought I was doing great because Hmm. I knew how to front. Mm -hmm. I was in sales, so I knew how to front. I just
0: talked to a man today, just just before you, uh, who talked about that, who, who talked about the fact that we can put on a good face, but you don't know what's going on inside. That's right. We're trained for that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So how did this, did this book help heal you or did it help in your healing?
1: I think it's going to be something special down the road. I still do not know its purpose. Okay. I want it to be, bet. I want it to be to help people. I really do. That's more mm-hmm. important to me. If, and I've gotten some beautiful comments already, some beautiful you know, messages sent to me on how it's helped, even even from just losing the mother or father or husband, husband and wife, that's a biggie too. You know, when you, if you love somebody, you lose them. Yeah. You know, that, that person's not going to be replaced, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know where this is going to go. I really don't. I just wanted to go to a good place. And i it's not hurting me. It's making me realize. Well, it's making me realize I know why I got sick.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, I think it answers a lot of questions because a lot of times I, I couldn't remember things. And then all of a sudden I would say, oh yeah, I got to write that. You're know, writing this book was hard. I'll tell you why. Because the average author, they do an outline, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't have an outline. So I would be writing all over the place. All of a sudden, I remembered a memory. Oh, when she was five years old, type yeah. that in. Oh, when she was 10. So I wound up having a collage of thoughts that I had to fix them, like redoing a puzzle. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really, I'd never want to do that again. I really <laughs> don't think I ever want to write another book. It's the hardest thing I ever did.
0: You are also an artist and you shared with me that you painted the cover of, of 30, uh, 30, a mother's spiritual journey after losing her child. Um, there's a rising Eagle through the clouds, uh, on this cover. So tell me, so you're an artist. Tell me about your work and how does that help you through the process of healing as well?
1: First of all, I learned how to paint at the age of six. My mother loved art. So uh she wasn't what I would call a full-time artist. She dabbled in in oil painting and she did a lot of a lot of paintings. She'd give them out to her her, her family and all of us kids and, you know, um, even neighbors got her paintings, but because she had another job, but she loved to paint. She was very talented. She was also a stream a seamstress. And I learned from her. So I painted all through my life as just, I don't know, just like for fun, mm-hmm. for enjoyment. And then um I started after Paula died. I prayed on help. I prayed to God to help me. So I, I just remember this. I needed help. I was going nowhere. I didn't want to get up out of bed. And um my answer came, don't lay on your back, don't look up at the ceiling, roll over and roll out of bed, get up, take a shower, then go make your coffee, then go and put your makeup on and get dressed. Do it in those steps. It was just like somebody telling me what to do. So mm. that's what I started doing. Wow. I made it a habit. I did it every morning. I made it a habit. I'm into this like now, maybe going on at eight, nine months, you know, mm-hmm. of, of caving in. And then I started realizing that you know, my coffee tastes better. Little, little bit by little bit every day. It's like just a little step, not a not even a, a full foot. It's just like you take two, three little steps. Then you go back, five, six, eight. Then you go forward. This is what my life reminded me of going forward, going back. And then I started realizing, okay, I can't I can't do this anymore. I can't I can't be just not happy inside. I got a wonderful daughter that's alive. I've got a wonderful husband. I've got to start. I got to get back to work. My company's been good enough to me to let me take off. I got to start working again. Got to start making money. And so gradually I started doing those little things. Then that's when I realized when you take your sorrow and you replace it with something else, think of yourself scooping out ice cream out of a a container. Take that, scoop it out. Maybe the first time it's real hard. So you could only get a little bit out, scoop it out. And then you could put something back in. So what I put back in was the gesture of doing something, Mm. making a phone call to a customer, making out my schedule. And I thought, you know what, Carol, you love art. My sister, Diane, she said, remember, Mom used to, she taught you, Carol, you better start painting again. So I started painting again. Got done with the painting. I'd look at it and say, there, that's an accomplishment. But what I didn't realize was while I was painting that, I wasn't thinking of Paula. Okay. You understand where I'm getting at? Yes.
0: Yes. While
1: I was painting That Mm -hmm. or making a salad or frying some pork chops on the stove or folding clothes. I wasn't thinking of Paula. Mm -hmm. What I was doing was taking Paula out of my equation of thought and putting something else there. So I could sit back when it was completed and say, I got something done. That's oh, healing.
0: At some point, you were able to put Paula back because you don't want to never think of her again, obviously. So oh, at some point you, you were.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to think 24-7 like I was. Right. That's, right. that's getting yourself sick. You have to pull that out. Put something else in that's normal and healthy to Mm -hmm. start surviving. You have to survive. And it worked for me. That's what I suggest for everyone. Mm -hmm. Take one little step, one little tiny step. You know, women, all of us, I don't know, I don't like to, I still like to cook a little bit, but I used to love to cook when I was younger. It's like, you know, when you're making a salad, you don't realize it when you're making that salad cutting up your cucumbers and, you know, cleaning your lettuce, you are really not thinking of anything else but that lettuce getting clean.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, right. It's replacing something, giving your mind a break, Mm -hmm. giving your heart a break, taking a rest. So during
0: 30, the 16 months that you were writing it, some of these memories of her came back to you. How did that feel? Basically, you know, being able to regather the memories of your sweet girl.
1: I cried. Mm-hmm. I cried. One memory came back when she was, I don't know, six six or seven. She came home and said she wanted a kitten. That was an event. I didn't want any animal. I, didn't, <laughs> I wasn't ready for any cat. I never even had a cat. Um, and she said, "Come, just come to my girlfriend's house and just buy me." There's one one cat left, one kitten left. So I went to the, the house, her girlfriend's house, and her mom showed me this beautiful, cute, adorable. They're all cute, right? When they're little, <laughs> cute little black and white so fluffy that, well, you know, she's all begging me, oh, you know, so I said, well, and I said to the, the mom, I said, I'll tell you what, I'll take them home. And I have them for one night, if it doesn't work, can I bring them back? Right. Well, she said, sure. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Take two nights, whatever, whatever it takes. We'll take them back. We love them. He's the best. We saved the best for the last. We were going to keep him. So we had boots. It's in my book. I forget how many days. It's like thousands of days, several thousand days that we had nights that I had them. Um, so that's, yeah, that's an example. That came back. That memory came back to me. and I When I was writing it, I cried. I cried writing about God. In my book, chapter three. It's all about Mary, Blessed Virgin Mary. Mm -hmm. I adopted her as my mentor. And because I figured, well, she's a mother like me. She's human like me. She's not from the same country. She doesn't speak my language. But who cares? She's up there in heaven and she's going to help me. She knows how I feel. So I adopted her as my mentor. And um, I saw, write, I think it was 20 some pages, even about the, the, the stations of the cross, the, the um, I, I do the rosary. That's another big thing I write about. You, know, you want help? Say the rosary. If you're not Catholic, so what? Say the rosary. The rosary, it's about Jesus's life from his birth to his death. It's all about Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's his life. And it's beautiful before Paula died. Guess what? I never thought the rosary was beautiful, I thought it was kind of like ugh, boring. I got five decades to do ten, ro- 10 Hail Marys, and five half the time I'd fall asleep. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, so I that was a change. Now I say, I say the rosary every day, yeah. Say wow. Every day, because I figured this way, if something bad happens the next day. I'm going to have the attitude. You know what? It's okay. Because I spent the rosary yesterday and Mary's going to help me.
0: I don't want to let you go without having you have an opportunity to tell us what Paula was like. I want to, I want to have, you know, a, a lovely memory of her. I mean, she was in her twenties, so she had done a lot. She had gone through high school, and I don't know if she went to college or not. But she was, getting, she was a young adult. What was Paula like?
1: She was first. The first thing I have to say, she loved family. She not only loved me and her father and her sister. She loved her grandmother. She loved aunts and uncles and cousins. She loved family, mm. and she was. Paula was closer to family. She had she had friends, but was, she wasn't like having a whole mob of friends. Paula was the type, she'd rather stay home with me and bake something to bake a cake than you know, be out running. So that's that's partly what Paula was like. She looked like Princess Diana in oh, so wow. many ways. She just it was the way she wore her hair too, but she resembled Princess Diana with her class. She was she held herself well. And um she was tall, she was five seven um she was just she was just a good good a good girl. she lo- she loved animals, um, loved her sister, she loved me, she loved her dad. Um, it's just a shame that she had to to leave us but she served her purpose here because I got to know her and I'm I was her mother and I was honored. I was honored to be around. So beautiful. Yeah.
0: Well, I encourage everyone to get 30. Um, It's available at Amazon and other booksellers. Um, But you can go to carolslusky.com. I'll have this in the show notes. And learn more about the book and about Carol. And there was something on the back cover that you wanted to read. Is that right?
1: Yes, there is. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Found it here, friends, easier to read. Okay, I'll let your viewers take one another look. There's the, there's that eagle, the beautiful. This is a real eagle in Naples, Florida. Um, a photographer had it on Facebook. There was eight eight different uh, flight patterns this bird was in, and this is the one I picked with the wings spread wide open. Mm. Okay. I visual now I. I Wrote this poem, and then I painted, I looked for the eagle and I found him. Then I painted the cover. I visualized I was standing in the middle of a field, looking up into the baby blue sky. The clouds are fluffy like huge cotton balls spreading across as far as one can see. The sun's rays are glimmering, shining through and beyond the clouds down to the earth, as a faint rainbow starts to appear, then out of nowhere comes this beautiful eagle with its wings spread wide, gliding downward as it picks up Paula's soul and flies her up to heaven. Mm.
0: Where did that imagery come from? It just came to you?
1: The Holy Spirit put it there. Yeah. Beautiful. I I couldn't do I, I don't know poetry so but I did make, I did write it mm-hmm. so beautiful
0: if people want to contact you beyond getting the book um are you on social media where can they find you
1: I am I'm, I'm on Facebook and I'm also your best bet is probably to email me cjstudio at comcast.net go to my website everything is there I'm on YouTube if you want to see me paint I i I think I've got, I don't know, 20 some paintings that I've, I've got of abstracts and ocean scenes, and just I, I like to paint everything. So, um, if you want to see that, it's like a lesson, for, you know, it's for free. And, it's, and some of it's funny, you know, some of it's entertaining. But I'm going to go back and do that. But the only thing is that I found out I really have a different respect for authors.
0: Well, thank you so much for sharing with us, telling us about Paula, uh, and about, you know, what you've gone through. Um, I encourage everyone to, to get 30, especially those who have had grief. And, and to be honest, life, I mean, it's life. We've all lost someone, but the connection or the feeling is not the same, you know, for everyone. Like you said, you, you'd you lost your father before, but it was it was different when you lost Paula. And that's certainly, you know, to be expected. But everyone has had some kind of loss. And I think they could get something out of 30. And so um, we appreciate you. I will put all that in the show notes, the you know, the YouTube, because uh, I'd love to see you paint <laughs> and the, uh, you know, your email address and your website. Carol, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Well, thank you. And, you know, God bless you and have a great tomorrow.
0: Thank you for listening to Positively Joy. Go to PositivelyJoy.com to hear previous episodes and to learn more about our ministry and books. Support Positively Joy by becoming a Patreon member and sign up for our newsletter. Thanks to Mars Coleman for the use of his song, The Joy of Knowing. And thanks to Susan Marie for editing and production of the podcast. Till next week. Oh, the joy of knowing, the joy of knowing you.